might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. All right, well, here we are with another Metal Tales from the Road episode here with Angelo Gonzalez, a good friend of the show, patron of the show. Nice to see you, my friend. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. This is the part where we pretend that we haven't been talking for like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, things are going good. Uh, It's um, this is usually a time of a meeting that got canceled. So it's great because I'm up and and up and about and got my coffee here and ready to chat. I, I like in my mind's eye that it's like a really important meeting. Like, I don't know what it is, maybe it's, it's just, but I like that it's just extremely important. You're like, I got to cancel. And it's so important because it's pretty rude to ask why, but it's so important that the, your other party in the meeting is like, why are you canceling this? And you're like, I'm doing a Metal Tales from the Road. I was hoping they, they wouldn't ask me why I, was, <laughs> why I needed to move my meeting. <laughs> it's like, hey, is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> well, because you and I are probably really similar in that, like, I'm not going to lie about it. Like... Lying to me has become so boring. I'm like, I'm not going to lie to people about anything. I'm just going to tell people the truth. Yeah, I might just say something like, oh, well, I have an interview. I have an this interview. Morning yeah, yeah. About, yeah, I have an interview. That's this not morning. lying. Yeah. They're like, yeah, oh, really? An interview? That's accurate. They're like, an interview? Or, or what's it about? You're like, shit. Um, it's about a Metallica <laughs> concert I went to 21 years ago. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, even telling my wife about it, I was like, hey, I'm going to be on the podcast this week because they're. They're interviewing me, and she was like, "They're interviewing you for what?" Well, about a the, my first Metallica concert that I went to when I was sixteen years old. Yeah, well, that's when you oh, t- yeah, you, okay. You, that's when you remind your wife. You're like, "Hey, I'm interesting. Remember when you liked me and I was interesting to you?" Other people feel that way. <laughs> that's right. It's good for her to know that she's like, "Hell, oh, she's like, oh, someone's interviewing Angelo. All right, okay." That's my husband. Cool. That just means she has to watch the kids. So that, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that, that's it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to do this another podcast thing and I have to watch the kids. All right. I, I get it. I Man, get it. it is. I mean, so, you know, I think a lot of our listeners will know that you do a, a very cool John Mayer podcast. You're, you're now a podcaster yes. as well as your, you know, your day job and your duties and you've got a big family and all that. Inspired by this. I mean, inspired by metal up your podcast for sure. I mean, that was <clears throat> what brought it on. So listening to you guys, listening to um, you and Ethan and just enjoying it so much. And I remember sitting one day and just thinking, it was about a year in to, to me listening, maybe, maybe six six to eight months in. And I was like, I think I could do this, but for John Mayer. Mm-hmm. I think I could. I, I'm not sure. And it took me a year to find a co-host. I asked a couple buddies they either just didn't have the time or, or whatever. And it's so weird. I found somebody online. I know it's so weird. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm part of a, of, of a Facebook group. And I, there was somebody who had hosted a John Merrick podcast a few years ago, but it kind of fell off. It wasn't doing anything anymore. It had been a couple years since they recorded an episode. And I just reached out to him. I was like, Hey, are you interested in picking this back up? But you know, I, I would do all the work and 
basically you can just come and sit and talk with me mm-hmm. and um and I'll do all the research, I'll do all the work, I'll do all the editing, all that stuff, which my editing's not that not as good as you, but um You made him an offer I, he couldn't you know, refuse. That's exactly right. Like, like, I'm gonna if make you want to come sit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Man, well <laughs> I, yeah, make it as easy as possible. I, I definitely know how hard it is to do and uh you taking on the lion's share of that is no joke. So yeah, so he came and did it and you guys launched and Yeah. We launched last January, so January 2020, um, and it's hit and miss for us. We don't, we're not super regular like every week. Mm-hmm. We're usually about two times a month. Um, there's been a few times where life has gotten in the way, and we just couldn't, you know, couldn't make it happen for a month or something like that. But we record fairly regularly, and we're 30 episodes in now. Where does he so, live? Where's he uh, based out of? He lives in Dallas, so I'm oh, okay. in Houston, and he happens to be in Dallas, so he's not that far from me. We're both Texans. Yeah, yeah. You can go find that. You know, if you're interested in John Mayer, we'd love to to get more listens on that. And what a great time to uh, what a great time to be doing a podcast about John because this new album he's got coming out, Sob Rock. I th- I think people are are, I mean, other than the crazy heyday, like the the Your Body's a Wonderland heyday, I think people are as excited as they've ever been about him and. I think he's doing really awesome. You know, I was telling someone about this the other day about Metallica. It's like, it's not, they could be doing some bullshit where I'm like a little embarrassed to keep talking about them, but they keep doing, you know, <laughs> they made a good album. The SN2 is good. Their whiskey is good. Their, all, their box sets are good. I think with John Mayer too, it's like, you're not just stuck in the heyday of like continuum. You get to kind of celebrate the cool stuff he's still doing. And I think New Light is as good as anything he's ever done. So, I mean, everybody's new album is their best album. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, this is the best he's ever done. This is mm-hmm. the best album he's ever put out. Yeah. We've already heard four songs off of this album. Yeah. You can go stream the, stream four songs off of this album right now. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's good. I mean. It's not his best, though, is what you're saying. I temper myself. Yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing is that in the John Mayer fan base, I guess it's similar. There, there's a lot of similarities because there are a lot of people where he can do no wrong. And, and anytime you're you criticize a song or something he's done or an album or whatever, people just jump on jump on it and attack. And you know, I mean, it's very similar in, yeah. in a similar vein of Metallica. I'm fam- and, yeah, I'm, fam- I'm familiar with that. <laughs> well, we just did we just did an episode on he, John has a lot of B sides and rarities and like live stuff. He used to he, he used to perform live uh, live new songs that all the time. Like he would always try out new songs Mm -hmm. that never made it. Like, Mm. you know, so there's a ton of recordings of songs that he's never, that have never been on an album. Interesting. That, you know, he performed for three months or six months. So we're doing kind of going through those. And so, I mean, a lot of them are just really rough. Like, Oh really? Yeah. Like we, we get through them and we're just like, there's a reason these did not end up on an album. There's a few gems in there, but a lot of them are are unfinished. You can tell. And he's just kind of trying them out. To, to figure him out and he's probably he's probably excited about this song yeah. right so he's yeah, yeah. gonna he's gonna go perform it or whatever i gotta be honest that makes me happy it makes me happy that they're not good and i'll tell you why it's not a total bummer town it's because in my i'm kind of a nominal fan i like his first three records a lot i like some of you know i i don't do the deep dives mm-hmm. but i like him and i think he's extremely talented i think he's one of the best you know like mainstream guitar players ever uh, yes, and I think yes. he's good looking and I think he's funny. So I, I envy him and I hate him for all of those reasons. So to hear that he has some songs that aren't good 
Makes me happy. <laughs> makes it's like, oh, he's well, normal. And, he's a normal guy. Yeah, and you know, like with Metallica, we don't have much many of those. No, I mean, they, yeah, right. They, they're just it's it's a very it's, it's very interesting because there's it's kind of an opposite deal happening there. But here's here's the the issue is that every one of these is on YouTube. We're listening to them, talking about them, mm. rating them, all these things. For every one of these songs, there's somebody on a comment. This is the best, best song, yeah. John Mayer song ever. Yeah. Oh my, why isn't this on an album? Why, you know, and, and there's always at least one person on there, the lyrical genius. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this just, this doesn't cut, cut it with continuum. Like yeah. compare continuum, any song on continuum with these songs, they don't cut it. The, the fan base that I, that I'm most familiar with that with is the Dave Matthews fan base, which I know you share that too, but I'm, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know how deep you go into that, but he also has maybe 200 songs that, you know, in 2004, he played these four songs like at every show, but they never <laughs> made an album. And some people think that Crazy Easy and Loving Wings are as good as anything he's ever done. And I'll go listen to them. I'm like, these aren't as good as Before These Crowded Streets. I can hear why they didn't yeah. make an album. It is funny how- And that's one, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. One fan thinks it's the best shit they've ever done. One fan thinks it's complete garbage. Isn't that funny? It is funny. And you know, I mean, anyway- that's the John Mayer stuff. Go check it out. That's yeah. how it goes. So it is called My Stupid Podcast, right? That's correct. And it's everywhere. I mean, you know, anywhere. You can find it wherever you get the stuff. Wherever you yep. get the sauce, it's available. So what I love about the fact that you do that podcast, I, you know, my, our friend Michael Grovener does a Billy Joel podcast. Mine mm-hmm. and Ethan's musical interests are pretty diverse. In fact, I was thinking about it the other day and it's like, my heavy metal pedigree would be pretty unimpressive to your average metal head. You know what I mean? I don't listen to yeah. Exodus. People talk about Testament should be in the big four. I don't know any Testament songs, nor am I curious <laughs> about them at all. My favorite bands tend to be the biggest bands in the world. Now, I have indie cred for days. We, You and I could go round and round about my little songies and my little collections of bands that no one's ever heard of and how cool that is. But ultimately, my favorite bands are the biggest bands in the world, Metallica being obviously one of the top ever and I think a lot of it has to do with MTV. A lot of it has to do with my age. And I think you and I are similar ages. Or yes. I'm 37. Yep, 37. We'll be 38 in about a month. Yep, I'll be 38 in September. So, so yeah, we're, we're coming from the same. I think we probably grew up in a similar way. What is the Metallica thing for you? Well, where does it start? Does it start when you're a kid? Does it start with MTV? What's the deal? So my very first encounter with Metallica was very uneventful because it was just, I think I was in third grade. One of my friends had the Black Album cassette mm-hmm. from his older brother. And I remember him trying to like play it a little bit, and I was just not interested. This was like third grade, all right? Something, something around that time. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, high school. I grew up in a small town, moved to Houston uh, in high school. And, um, you know, making new friends, getting around new people, all that kind of stuff. And one of my good friends in high school, um, he and his best friend were huge into Metallica. One of them is a guitar player. They, uh, the first time I heard a Metallica song in, you know, for real, was hearing Fuel in his car while we're driving. So we're driving somewhere. He has a CD. He puts it in, and f- and he he just starts, you know, turning it up. Mm-hmm. Fuel windows rolled down. Driving fast. Great song for that. And uh, yeah, great song for that. And I just remember thinking, man, this is. What is this? I've never heard this before. Well, this is Metallica. And I, you know, if you live in America, you know the name Metallica. Sure. You may not know a song, but you know the name. So from there, it just, you know, the similar story to everyone. Hey, uh, let me go buy this CD. So I went and bought Reload. First C- first Metallica CD I ever My bought. My man. Love it. Um, fell in, yeah. Fell in love with all the songs on that album. Um, 
I start hanging out with uh, these two friends and they're deep. I mean, they're way, way deep. So, so deep that one of my friend, one of them dropped out of high school and was planning on doing music. Like that was his deal. He, he uh, was a guitar player and he would sit there all day just playing guitar instead of going to school. It's a good plan because as we all know, that works out so often. (laughs) It did not work out (laughs) for him. Although he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, it just, life happens and you know, we, we know that that's, that usually, uh, is not the case, but I would go over to his house, his apartment, and we'd sit there and we'd listen and he would play and he would like make those MIDI. Do you remember like in the nineties, like the MIDI songs that people would make with like the MIDI uh, instruments? He made a bunch of those. My Nokia uh, phone, which had snake two on it. Remember those phones? Yeah. My, my yeah. like phone yeah. ring was tools 46 and two, but it was like eight bit. Yeah. So he made all these MIDI recordings. Like he would just, this is all he thought of. So he would, he, he did recorded all of reload on like MIDI wow. instruments. <laughs> he would just do that at home, like on his computer, like right. that's what he would be doing. And so eventually, um, he recorded me, uh, ride the lightning on cassette. Mm-hmm. He gave me a copy of ride the lightning on cassette. And that's when I really started diving deeper into the older stuff. And um, I remember listening at night, me and my, I, I just put it on the cassette player and it was a auto reverse. So I'd sit there and hit play auto reverse. And me and my brother would just listen to ride the lightning on loop all night and go to sleep to listening to ride the lightning. Auto reverse might be one of the greatest inventions of all time, especially when you're a kid and like, you, oh yeah. When you're a kid, you're okay. You know, I, I know you probably experienced this with your children. I know I experienced it with my daughter and it, it makes me remember She'll just watch the same thing over and over because she loves it. So, her, her, yeah. it, it getting old to her, it doesn't happen yet. Like even for me now, something I really love. After a couple times, I'm like, all right, I need a break. But when you're a kid, you don't need breaks or anything. So auto reverse just means if you have a Walkman, it means you're good till the batteries die, which I did. That's right. On the reg, you know. And if you have yeah, like a deck yeah. in your house, auto reverse just meant we can listen to this as many times as we want. Yeah, I don't have to get up and go go switch it around yeah. or you know any of that stuff so that was you know that was kind of it and from there just started buying the albums you know black album next and i remember this was even before i was driving i mean i remember sitting in the bus in the back of the bus with my disc man and i would just be listening to the black album on the very back seat just kind of by myself love it riding to school in the morning because i i think my my bus ride i was the first pickup for the bus so you know, I had a 40 minute ride to, to school every morning, 45 minute. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, get through almost more than half of the black album, you know, almost the whole thing every, every day. Mm-hmm. Garage Inc. I think was the first album I bought that was the newest album. Right. So I think it had just come out probably around the time that I was getting into them. No, actually, no, I got that for Christmas from my mom who bought it at Walmart, mm-hmm. which had the clean version. Boo. <laughs> it was the clean, the clean version of Garage Inc. So all of side, all of disc two was just, you know, especially you start getting into the so what territory. Yeah, it's yeah. just beep after beep after beep. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was kind of my foray into it. After that, you know, S&M came out. I was, that was the new, that was the first album that came out when I was a fan, mm-hmm. right? That I was excited about. Mm-hmm. Came out, hey, let's go watch S&M today. You know, that was, that was our thing is let's go watch, let's go put the DVD in. My buddy had it. One of our friends had a DVD player and let's just listen to the orchestra this time yeah, because yeah. it was, you know, it was the, the time where you could listen to the different tracks. One of the right? bonus Let's features. just listen to the band. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just listen to the band on this. And, um, 
just get nerdy that nerding out, man. I we mean, had the same thing. We 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 literally studied it. I mean, it it was beyond even just entertainment. Like we did the same thing. We were like, we were like, you know, because I think another one of the bonus features was like different angles. Yep. of camera yep. and we're like let's watch movie clover from this angle and we'd all just be around the tv just like not laughing or ribbing each other just meticulously watching it no you're watching it <laughs> yeah. yeah like <laughs> everybody's quiet and you're sitting there watching lars play drums yeah, yeah and you're just like something about that band is just so attractive i know you know i don't have a lot of musical experiences um that don't involve metallica yeah uh, or at least don't stem from metallica because my really my love of music came from that came from trying to learn Metallica songs, playing mm-hmm. Fade to Black at our senior you know, talent show. Mm-hmm. We, we get up there and just, I mean, you know, my friend who plays guitar, he knows all the Metallica songs, he's playing lead. Other buddies playing rhythm guitar. I'm playing bass. We got a drummer. And it, I mean, we just felt like, we felt like them. Yeah. People are cheering, right? We're seniors in high school people. There's like 20 people there. But it was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This must be what they feel like. <laughs> it's funny how similar our experiences are because I also, yeah. my senior year, played my. I went to a high school called Pelham High School, and we threw a, a big show every year called Pelapalooza, and maybe a mm-hmm. hundred kids came and their parents, you know, our parents and shit. And uh, we, yeah. I played it every year, but my senior year was my big year, Metallica year. That was the year I saw them on the show, the tour we were about to talk about, and uh, we played yeah. one and Fade to Black. And I remember having the exact same feeling. I was like, this is what they feel like. I've been trying to find video of it because there is video of it. I'm sure it's <laughs> atrocious. But in my, our minds, we nailed it. And we even had a friend of ours who didn't play music. His only job, we, he had a strobe light. You know, we remember when people used to have strobe lights in their rooms? And his job was yeah. when we got to the uh, machine gun part of one, he had to do the strobe light. The blah, 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 blah. He was that just our friend awesome. on the side of the stage turning it on, dude. And I think he's he like ready. Even, I don't even think he could turn it on. I think he was plugging it in and <laughs> unplugging it to the fucking <laughs> beat. I had a black Metallica shirt. It was long sleeve. Mm-hmm. It had a Ninja Star on the on the uh, chest, Love it. like where the pocket would be, mm-hmm. and it said it said Metallica in the load font coming down on the on the sleeve. That kind of like TV and- TV white noise fuzz yeah block. yeah yeah just coming down yeah and you know i don't even know it was hot it was so hot but i was like i have to wear this shirt oh, dude because yeah. <laughs> that that's classic anyway, you'll yeah. sacrifice comfort to look cool i still do oh, that yeah that's yeah. still important to me so was this gig that you saw in 2000 on the summer sanitarium tour was that your first time seeing them my very first time seeing them one of my first concert experiences okay i think maybe i had been to one or two concerts before, but nothing like this. Nothing at even an amphitheater level, probably. Mm-hmm. I was uh, actually, I don't, yeah, I was 16 years old. It was in Dallas. That's when they were coming that summer. They were not coming to Houston. They were coming to Dallas. So during the school year, the plan was, hey, me and my two other friends are going to buy tickets. I bought a ticket. My other two friends did oh, not man, buy tickets. They bailed. They bailed on you. <laughs> so you got to think about it. It's 2000. We're all 16 years old. Are we, we're going to drive four hours, you know? So I have a ticket and I'm like, I still like, I have to go. Like I can't not go. Yeah. So summer comes around and my mom decides to drive me. So we have family in Dallas. So she says, okay, well I'll drive you and I'll drop you off and I'll go hang out with our family. And then I'll pick you up when the show's over. God bless our moms. I had moms do that. Oh my gosh, dude. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this as a dad. Would you do, let's say when you're, I know your kids are younger, but, Let's say you, you have a 16-year-old. 
Are you doing that for them? I mean, God, no. I don't think I would either, which <laughs> I mean, is crazy. I would, I would go with them. You would just go that with would them. Be, yeah. I would go with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That's what I that would That would be my deal. I, I wouldn't have an issue. Hey, if they really wanted to go, they spent money on a ticket, like they saved up money, all this stuff. Yeah, I would say I'll, I will go with you so you can experience that. But I'm not dropping my 16-year-old off at a stadium. At a stadium by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so part of the story is not just the show, but what happened before and after the show. Okay. So let me just – we're driving, right? It's that morning. Uh, the morning of the show, we're driving into into uh, Dallas from Houston, about a four-hour drive. So I'm jamming Metallica the whole time. Again, God bless my mom, like sitting there listening to Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets in the car while she's driving me to a Metallica show. Well, at some point, we're listening to the radio, and we're getting close to Dallas, so we're picking up Dallas radio stations. And then that's when I first hear the news. Yeah, we have the Metallica show coming up today here, you know, Summer Sanitarium. We just got word James Hetfield is not going to be here for the show today. And I'm sitting there like, my first thought is, are they canceling the show? I didn't, I don't know any of like what's going to happen, right? I don't, we don't have the internet, anything like that. So I, I love that. Just like you heard the news on the fucking radio that day, even though it had already been day. two days. Cause I, I saw the yeah. show. Two days before that, which is the show where he just didn't come out and Kurt came out with a cowboy hat and they said he hurt himself. So yeah. new, it took it, it even took two days for that news to travel to the next gig. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they had been talking about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. But that was the first I heard of it was driving to the show that day. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know what's going to happen. So we we get there. Um, we find the place. Probably pulled out a map quest map or something. I don't mm -hmm. even remember how we found Texas Stadium. I don't how, remember how, how we got anywhere. I, yeah. How did yeah. anyone get anywhere? So my mom pulls up. I'm wearing um, Master of Puppets shirt, jean shorts, <laughs> and I think she. <laughs> and uh, I think I think she gives me a twenty dollar bill, and drops me off. In this, it's like across a freeway from Texas Stadium. So I have to like. <laughs> <laughs> our parents and just, you know, what's cool about it is our parents just kind of really trusted us. And that, you know, it's yeah. like, they're like, he'll figure and, it out. Uh, and she was like, I'll pick you up here. <laughs> At about ten thirty. Well, something that's the like other that. the other thing too is this wasn't just a normal show. A hundred bands played. I mean, not a hundred, but four. Yeah, it's a five, long. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. long day. So. You're just sending your kid into a war zone. So she, she has no idea. I don't I, I mean, maybe she knew, maybe she didn't. I have, I don't understand, but she hands me a $20 bill or something like that. <laughs> I'll pick you up here at about 1030. We're just guessing. We didn't know when it's going to end, right? Uh, yeah, let's just say 1030. I'll be right here. And no cell phones, right? So no cell phones. So if you're wrong about that, she's waiting out there. If my daughter's in the bathtub and I don't hear her make a sound for 40 seconds, <laughs> I'm sure that she drowned. That's right. Let yeah. alone, I bet your mom got there. Let's say it's midnight, not 1030. She's just sitting there for an hour and a half, probably assuming you're fine. Well, that's probably what, I mean, in our minds, I was like, oh, well, we'll just find each other here, right? <laughs> like this is the, this is the the spot. So we'll find each other here. <laughs> we'll find so each other. she drops me off. <laughs> I start walking and I don't know where to go. I have, I just have a ticket and have money. So get that <clears> crisp <throat> 20. That's right. I got that crisp $20 bill. I don't know what that was supposed to buy me. I don't even remember eating or drinking anything. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, it's, it's like a blur in my mind because, uh, but I'm walking, I'm just walking around. I see tons of people everywhere and I finally find a line where I can, I had standing room. 
So it was, it was a like GA. You know, floor level. Yeah, like yeah. General admission. I'm in line and I look over and I see someone I know from my high school in wow. Houston. And I go over to him and I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? He was like kind of a friend. He was a friend, but he wasn't like in our, in our real, real close group. And, and he, we liked Metallica together, but I had no idea he was even going to be there. Right. Again, summer, like a month and a half had passed since school let out. I hadn't talked to him in a month and a half. Uh, so I get there. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I came, I'm here with my sister or something like that. And we're like, okay, well let's, let's stay together. And I was going to stay with him because I found somebody, right. I was like, okay, we get separated somehow. I don't even remember how we get separated. So I'm on my own again, Yep. get in there and I walk in, it's daytime. No band has started yet. And I'm just, I'm sitting there just looking around. I'm in the middle of this football stadium on the floor thousands and thousands of people around and i just i can't believe i'm here right i've been waiting since february or march to oh my gosh i'm finally going to see this band that i'm obsessed with so we get there and um all the music starts and you know the first four bands were okay yeah. um, i didn't listen to any of the first four bands so power man 5000 mm-hmm. was the first opening band the very first band to start maybe they started like at two or three or something like that maybe three o'clock um not interested you know i'm just kind of hanging around i was the same but my my uh, strategy was whatever happens by the time Metallica starts, I'm going to be close to the front. Like that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to work my way yeah. through every band that's playing. I'm just going to kind of, you know, every once in a while be moving up a little bit. You have bit. the time to make the, to take the slow, the slow path. That's right. And that was my whole, that was my whole goal. I was like, I got to make it to the front by the time. I don't know what's going to happen. Is James still going to be here? Is he going to show up? Is he not going to show up? What are they going to do? I'm going to be up there. So Powermind 5000, nothing to write home about, right? I mean, I don't even remember a song that they played. I didn't even know a song that they did, let alone remember a song that they played. Yeah. Uh, System of a Down, I knew like one of their songs, but again, just not interested. I kind of wish I had paid um, more attention to that set, but I I'm, I was just like you. I was like, I was yeah. like, I'm here for Metallica. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. And I hated Corn and Kid Rock at the uh, time. Yeah, so... That was, yeah, very similar situation. I knew Kid Rock songs because of the radio. They were huge. yeah. But I wasn't a fan, and I was really mad that they took Sad But True. Me too. And that turned it into American Badass. I considered it profane, obscene. Yeah, it was sacrilege. It's sacrilege. Yeah. I absolutely loathed it. Yeah, and so System of a Down comes up, Corn comes up, Kid Rock comes up. They play all through their stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, again not interested at all. I'm here for Metallica. I could care less who's playing before them. I had in my mind the Woodstock 99 show. Like that was a show that I watched over and over more than Cunning Stunts, mm-hmm. more than even S&M. I watched that Woodstock 99 tape. I had taped it, VHS tape of it. I just, I wore it out. I just watched it. Anytime there was like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to go put this on and I'm going to watch this. And I'd pick up where I had left off. It's like comforting. And, uh, Something comforting about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like, after, I always remember because it would, it would end and I would, you know, be falling asleep or something and gut, I caught Guster. Cause they, they like showed it right after Metallica. I guess that was the last show. So on the Woodstock pay-per-view or whatever, 
it showed like an encore presentation of Guster or something. And it was always starting Guster and I was like, ah, what is this? And I go and rewind it. Which I, I just and, a uh, quick pause just because the just because that band happened to come up organically. I'm a huge Guster fan. And uh wow. their album that year that they were probably touring is called Lost and Gone Forever, which is their best album. Steve Lily White did it. Anyway. Right. And also that that Woodstock ninety nine for you and I being big Dave guys is Dave Matthews set from that show was awesome too. I I taped that as well. Yeah. And live, well, another band I love. Live had a great set. Oh gosh! So, yeah. well, anyway. so that's that was. I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm probably 30, 40 feet from the stage, so not not too far off. Yeah, pretty close. But it's definitely, you know, it's it's definitely starting to wave and and all this. Were stuff. you scared? Were you feeling a little scared about that? I was a little scared. Yeah. I was a little scared because I just I had no idea what to expect. I just knew, oh my gosh, I'm going to see them up close. Like, this is going to be amazing. And they come out and give their little spiel. Same exact thing that they did, I guess, there in Atlanta. They did it in um, Sparta, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Come out, hey, James isn't here. We're going to be doing a special thing for you with a bunch of the other bands. Save your ticket stub right. because you're going to be a free show, you know, coming back. It's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about you in the middle of that crowd with no buddies to bounce that off. Because when I, I was with my three best friends who were all equally intense Metallica fans mm-hmm. and we were able to process that together. Like, cause, cause it's confusing, right? I don't know if you felt yes. that way. I know you'd heard it on the radio for us. We were completely blindsided by it and we were like, wait, what is he saying? James isn't here, but wait, they're going to keep our, like I had three dudes to sort of be like work it out with. You're just sitting there like yeah. did you did you talk to anyone around you like what are they saying? What's I did not. I did not say a word to anybody. <laughs> Everybody around me was much older than me. Yeah, right. This is kind of too much information, but I saw my first set of bare breasts. Yeah. That day. Fun. In real life. Fun. Yeah. Right next to me, I look up and there's a girl you know topless up there yeah. like screaming and I'm like, "Oh my god." Like this, this is not you became a man. <laughs> That's right. I became a man. No, I I saw, I saw my, I saw that same thing. My first, uh, my first set of concert boobs in 1999 at a Dave Matthews concert. And I remember feeling it's such a weird way to put this. I was 15 at the time and it scared me in a way because I felt like I am in the world of adults and I'm not an adult yet. That was, that's exactly how I felt. But you, you just feel like I, I shouldn't be here or something. Yeah. It was very strange. I mean, you know, you see that stuff on TV or whatever, but like, you're like, this is happening right here. This is real. Yeah. This is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And, uh, and not to mention the drunk people and I mean, just, I didn't feel unsafe, but I just definitely felt like, oh my gosh, I'm veering into a place maybe that I shouldn't be or um that's just foreign to me it and, feels a little dangerous it's not it doesn't yeah, yeah. I think there's a difference between unsafe yeah. and dangerous yeah I, mean, I don't think you felt like yeah, because i never did feel unsafe yeah, yeah but but you're getting a taste of like this is a world that i may be going into later in life but i'm not quite ready i just like was banned and am i ready yeah. I, I remember having a sense of like i'm not ready for this you know it's such a funny yeah. thing so okay so they they, they and then so you're smart. You're probably smarter than I was when I was 16. You were probably like, okay, I'll keep my ticket. They're going to do a unique show. I'll come back here. Although my makeup show wasn't at the same venue. Was your makeup show at the same venue? It wasn't, but it was still in the Dallas area. So the sad part about all of this is that I did not, I wasn't able to go to the makeup show oh, because yeah, that's it was right. in Dallas. That's I right. In Houston. You were four hours and away. I, my mom's My mom's like, I'm not taking you. <laughs> I'm again. not doing it again. Like, no, we're not doing this again. Yeah. So I ended up giving my ticket to one of my buddies, one of the other friends, one of our two. 
I gave him my ticket. So I went to Ticketmaster because I think you had to switch it out or something. Yeah. So I think I went to Ticketmaster, gave them my ticket stub. They gave me the new ticket and I gave that to my friend to go. And he went instead of me going. And then my other friend who was there, right? The one that I saw that was like, oh, you're here. He did the same thing because he wasn't going to be able to go back. Right. And he gave his ticket to our other buddy. Wow. So the two that were supposed to come with the me two that bailed. ended up going to the makeup show. Yeah. Yeah, the two that bailed. Which that show was one of the last shows that they did for a Metallica Monday. It was the it was uh the Dallas makeup show. It was James's birthday or something. Okay, yeah. And they showed that to Metallica Monday. And I I've watched that a few times now because I sit there and I'm just like, man, I should have been at that show. I should have been at that show. A little painful. A little painful to watch. A little painful to see. Because I look at the set list, and the set list is killer. Yeah, I remember it being... I remember... Because they weren't touring an album. No. So I remember it being kind of a a greatest hits type. I I mean... Let's just go out and make some money this summer. Yeah, they had been playing I Disappear. They had been playing No Leaf Clover. And, you know, they did a bunch of covers. I mean, it's just... It was that time. And and yeah, I remember, I remember when it came up that they were going to show this one on that Metallica Monday. I was just, oh my God. It kind of kind of hit, hit me in the gut a little bit. I was like, I yeah. should have been there. I should have been there. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so they come out. I keep my ticket stub. They come out, say all that. Then lights go down. And a few minutes later, they come out. To be honest here, I actually revisited the content. This show is not on YouTube or there's no audio or anything of it anywhere. Yeah. But there is a YouTube video of the full concert of the day that happened before this. And there's the, one uh, of the Sparta. Atlanta. There's one of the Atlanta. There show is too. one of the Atlanta. Yeah. So I watched it last night to kind of refresh my memory on what it was probably like. And I mean, it's it's rough, man. Really? <laughs> there's a lot of you know. I, I saw one commenter said like, "This is like Metallica covering a Metallica song." Yeah. <laughs> because you have all these different elements coming through so they we'll start off with top i guess yeah but they come out and they start with creeping death which what a great song to open yeah the the, uh, concert with i'm interested to hear what you're going to say about this having watched it because i i did try to watch my atlanta show but i couldn't watch it because it it made me feel too weird knowing that like a 16 year old version of me is there and that it was such a weird night for everybody i I couldn't watch it so i didn't get that far in but in my mind's eye the sort of because they come out in the first three songs they do, Jason sings, and I was a huge yes. Jason at that time might have been my favorite member, and I remember thinking when I was sixteen, like, well, because we already knew that we were going to be able to see them again, so that kind of helped. Right, <laughs> that probably kept everyone from rioting, honestly, because yeah, my dudes and I were like, we hated those first four bands, and so we just felt like we had we'd paid our dues and sat through some fucking garbage <laughs> to finally see our favorite band, and it was our first time seeing them ever, just like you. So the disappointment was intense, but knowing we were going to see him again and then Jason doing the vocals, in my mind's eye, I was like, this is awesome. I'll, I'll watch a whole set of this. So how, oh, yeah. how's the re-estimation of watching it last night? You know, I'm glad I was there because I got to see Jason really shine mm-hmm. the way that, I don't know, maybe he, he could have at some point, you know, I, I think he could have been the front man of a, of a band easily. Mm-hmm. I think he had that in him. He yeah. was humble enough to to take the back seat and just kind of be the hype guy for Metallica. Yeah. Uh, but even he said in the video that I watched, he said, um, "I got to live my dream tonight by being the frontman frontman for Metallica." That's what he said. And you know, he's saying that because he's trying to get the crowd. That's so cool. Going and, and yeah. all this stuff. But I, I'm sure that is probably something cool for him. You know, to kind of okay, 
James is out. I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that we do something. Yeah, he kind of saved the day. He kind of saved the he, day. He's he's the hero of the day. Mm, that sounds like and, a song. Uh, <laughs> so, Creeping Death, he's sung it before. He's sung verses. We all know this. So, mm. you know, it wasn't I don't think it was too off, right? Too out of the ordinary to hear him singing that. But then you have rhythm guitar. I guess it was um Kenny Olsen. Kenny Olsen. I think he's from Kid Rock. Kid Rock Band. And he plays on a lot of these. So I don't know if he just knew a lot of Metallica songs or he's just maybe the the most versed guitar player of the whole group. I have no idea. I think he just knew him. I think he I think he was like a big metal guy. Which I yeah. think is actually pretty cool. I didn't like, you know, I don't like Kid Rock that much, but I thought that it was cool that that dude stepped up and played it so well. Well, and it's super cool that all of them came out and yeah. like decided, hey, we're going to, you know, and I think Maybe they're Metallica fans. Maybe they're casuals. I would assume that they're at least moderate Metallica fans. They know a lot of these songs. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't know them by heart. Maybe they don't know them note for note or whatever, but they at least know of some of these songs. So, you know, the the, the guitar playing, in my mind as a 16-year-old, I couldn't hear any differences really because yeah. I'm there. I'm hearing probably mostly Kirk playing yeah. a lot of stuff. If, if I do remember um, not hearing some parts kind of in my a little bit but for the most part it wasn't the thing that was missing was james singing like that was and seeing him there yeah at least musically when i listen to the youtube video i can definitely tell that there's some issues um and uh it may have been different the third night that they did it by the third night maybe they're finally getting it under under their belt a little bit but there's definitely some missed i mean tons of missed cues tons of missed parts what's making me think about revisiting my show which i would probably do at some point dude if it's rough on night three when they'd already done it twice i bet mine is really bad it's pretty rough and um again kirk hats off to kirk again for carrying the load like he plays the rhythm you know he's playing he's trying to fill the void right Right. to an extent so a lot of the things that a lot of the times that James would be playing something opening, right? Like let's say the opening to Master of Puppets, Kirk's playing it. Mm-hmm. He, he's playing all the, you know, all the additional parts that he would usually kind of be out waiting for his lead parts to come in or something. But Creeping Death is great. Crowd hugely into it. I mean, I'm uh, when the die chants come on. I mean, sixteen year old in a sea of people with the die chants. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. And that was I, I'm seeing Kirk up there with his mummy guitar. He's dressed the same way that he was dressed on the Woodstock 99 show. They're all dressed the same because it's the same era, right? So he's wearing like that leather vest and like, or that, you know, that black leather vest and the pant, the black pants. And Jason's just wearing a black shirt and black pants. And that was like them in my mind. Like this is, it, it was, you know, it was, it was amazing to see all this. Yeah. And then we move into who, for whom the bell tolls, which uh same thing kenny comes out he's playing the parts and and jason's leading it all singing another i mean creeping death for whom the bell tolls that's a great you know one-two punch opener and um yeah i mean nothing to to write home about write home about it was just you know it was great um to see jason leading at this point i thought the whole set was going to be like this I, I didn't know what was coming with all the like you know they're playing a corn song that i didn't know i'm like we already saw oh, corn, yeah. you know like yeah so this is probably the first few songs are the highlights of the set for me yeah me too um, and then it, it really drops off um <laughs> it really i mean it, it drops off pretty hard actually 
So you got for whom the bell tolls, they come out and do seek and destroy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, great, great, <laughs> great, great song. Jason's doing vocals. And it seemed to me like these three songs were probably the easiest for him to do vocals for. Uh, maybe that's why they put them at the top. I don't know if they were opening with these three for the rest of the tour or not, but he's used to singing parts of creeping death. He's used to singing, seek and destroy. Yeah. So he can probably, they're like, Hey, we got at least got to do these and find somebody to play these parts for my master Terium, which I never really liked that mashup in general, but um, like I saw them do it later with James and I just thought, uh, I'd rather just hear all the puppets, but for my master Terium, they tried to bring a fan up to sing and total, oh total crash and burn. The dude sucked. They had to, st- so I'm guessing they learned their lesson and didn't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was, um, so for master Terium, I don't remember how I heard that they were doing this because I knew that they were going to be doing it. And I don't know why I knew, I knew that they were <clears throat> doing this mashup Interesting. of master of puppets and sanitarium for some reason. I don't know why, but I remember knowing, Oh, I'm going to hear this new kind of thing that they're doing. Starts out great. But whenever we get to sanitarium, the guy from the lead singer from system of a down comes out to sing it. And I'm already not a huge fan of his voice anyway. Yeah. When you listen to it, when you listen to that, the Sparta show, I don't know if it was the same as the Dallas show, but the Sparta show is like, it's rough when it gets to the vocals and he's like screaming, doing this weird scream thing during the, during the choruses. And it's, it's a, it does not sound good. Um, and again, I, I mean, I get it. Everybody's doing the best that they can to try and do something. I think you just like severely bummed Namarta out, by the way. Namarta is going to really <laughs> yeah. not like hearing yeah. that part of this. That's right. That's right. Uh, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's going to send me a message. But it was, it was, you know, it was, it was fine. I, I remember kind of being just like, okay, yeah, this is unimpressive as a kid, but I was 16 seeing three fourths of Metallica. So I'm still like going crazy. Right. In, in a sense, uh, in a sense, I mean, none of those guys could have, I mean, how could they have succeeded when you got 16 year olds like us? Up? I mean, my, my, me and my dudes were sitting in the nosebleeds of the Georgia dome with our middle fingers out, <laughs> rolling our <laughs> eyes like little jerks. We were just so snobby, dude. Now at this point, I yeah, just, like, I really appreciate the effort and it was such a unique thing, but yeah, the, those of us who went to these three shows, we are in a special little club, I think, because it's a weird thing that's happened in the, in the story of Metallica. And I, th- I think that the line we have to straddle is like being grateful and impressed that everyone stepped up to the plate to deliver something, but also being honest about like, no, it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I remember, yeah, that that's pretty much it. 30, 37 year old Angelo is like, I really do appreciate them trying to put something together for the fans. Yeah. And Jason's so apologetic during the whole thing. Hey, bear with us, man. We're just trying to have some fun up here. Yeah. Hey, you know, I told you this was going to be crazy. And he's just like, you know, trying to, trying to keep the, he's like, because hey, I told you guys it'd be a little crazy. I didn't know that that system down guy would scream that much in sanitarium, but, um, but anyway, love you guys. Well, even, even when he's singing some of the songs in this Sparta show, he's off. Like there's at one point, I think it's on for whom the bell tolls. He comes in early on the verse halfway through that, the interlude, between uh the cor- the uh 
first chorus and the second verse. Right. He comes in like eight bars early and everybody's like looking at each other like what? And he and he doesn't realize what's going on. And then they just end, they just like keep playing the riff and then they just end. They're like, let's the just song. be done. Yeah, let's just be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. It's like it's like how we would play the songs. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in my little garage band, it's like, you know, oh, you came in early. Let's just let's just end it. Here's here's the end, you know, and they come up and give the signal to end, and it's, it's man, you just it's, bail, uh, you just totally bail. You're like, yeah, oh, maybe next time, maybe next time right. we'll try it. That's funny. <laughs> so, Master Terium, they get to the end, um, and then they get they get to one, and Jonathan Davis comes out and he sings, and he does. It's okay, yeah. You know, uh, I, I thought it was cool that he came out, and later, I don't know if this was the catalyst for them doing it at the MTV Icon you know, right. however many years later, but it was almost like when I, when I, I remember seeing that it was revisiting, it was kind of revisiting in my mind this because I said, Oh, he's done this before. You I know, had the same feeling. For, I, I thought when they came, yeah. when he came out and did one, I thought, ah, this is, this is okay. And the yeah. system of a down guitar player played rhythm. I remember being like, okay, I didn't know that yeah. the next three songs would be such a bummer. No. And so then they come out and they say something about we're going to play some, and they start. I don't even know if I realized what they had said that they were going to play some corn songs, Man. but then they get come into to blind, which I didn't know really any corn songs at this point. Me neither. So I'm like, what is happening? And the next three songs, blind clown earache my eye. I didn't know what was happening. I thought, oh my gosh, is the rest of this set just going to be other bands coming to play their songs and Metallica playing yeah. with them? I think between um, me and my little group of misfits, the phrase, are you effing kidding me was probably uttered <laughs> 45 times. We were like, are you, cause, cause then like they would end one corn song and I think we were like, all right, well we got that over with. And they'd start another one. We we're like, are you kidding? What's happening? What are we doing? Cause surely they played blind in their set. I think that they was did. a hit. I know they did. Yeah. Like they play, they had oh, to have man. played at least those two songs oh, in their set. Gosh. So that was, that was very, that was very, yeah. I remember thinking that exact same thing. I was like, I think we've heard this already today. <laughs> man. Oh, <laughs> and, and I get it. They're just trying to fill yeah. some time, right? We see it now. They're trying to fill time. Not everybody knew any of these songs. So they're like, yeah. well, what can we do? Well, we can get Kirk and Lars to play some random crap on these, on these other songs. And they, and Lars like, and the on the Sparta show, he's like loving it, right? Because you know he would love it. Yeah, he, I, I could totally see him just being like, he comes out and he's like, "Let's play that again," <laughs> and he runs back up and he starts playing the song, the same song. And I can just even think about being there. I would have been like, "Oh my gosh, what is happening right now?" You know. But well, my guess too to be, is my guess yeah. too is once the night started to unfold the way it was, and this is just a guess. That was probably some permission for Lars to maybe whatever his post show party sitch was, maybe ramp that up during the show because it kind of became a, <laughs> it kind of became a party, you know. Yeah, and that's the way they yeah. tried to frame it. Was like, look, we're all we're gonna do this, we're gonna make it up anyway. But since we're here, let's do something weird. So yeah. I, I think Lars is probably pretty loose for that. I can imagine that. I bet they all yeah, were, because except even- Jason. <laughs> yeah, he probably think, took it very Kurt- seriously. I think Kirk was just like, I'm just going to be along for the ride. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. I'll do my best. I think Jason was very serious about the whole thing. Yeah. It seems like it, at least in that video. Yeah. And then Lars is just like, 
you know, having fun. I mean, having so much fun doing all this and playing with the other bands. I yeah. mean, he's fans of all these other bands. Yeah. So at least he, I think at least he wanted to seem like he was fan, a fan of these other bands, right? Like to be, whether that's to be relevant or whatever. I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm in with the, you know, with these young, these, <laughs> these young new metal rockers or whatever, but these three songs were not, um, just not memorable. I don't remember a thing about them. I remember sitting there just kind of like, Okay, you know what's what's gonna happen next, and I'm starting to look at my watch Oof. because I'm sitting there. I was like, "Am I gonna? Do I need to stick around for this stuff?" Mm, yeah, because my mom's gonna be out there like at ten thirty, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for me, right. and if this is gonna be it, I'm really not interested in this. Yeah, but then we get to um, after these songs uh, come out, they start sad but true, right? Which I'm like, all right, I'm back in. You know, and, and Kid Rock singing Sad But True. But then they do this thing. I know. Where he stops it. And I, obviously, it's all planned, right? Like, this is all a, a shtick. Like, they're going to, oh, whoa, 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 everybody stop. And everybody looks confused, right? But it's all planned out. And he says, I know another song that is based off of this song or something like that. And then they start into American Badass. And... um. And he sings like the whole song Ugh. of American Badass. And they sang, they did like a minute, maybe, of Sad But True. Right. Again, I've heard this already tonight. And I don't, I didn't like it the first time. And I don't like it now. Um, yeah. Cause it was a single, it was a single. So they, he definitely played American Badass. We had our middle fingers up all yeah. five minutes of that yeah. for sure. And then we had the same exact deal. They start Sabbath True and we're like, okay, okay. Yeah, let's get back to and then they, they do American Badass again. Oh, again, that's the thing is brutal. again. And I, at the Sparta, at the Sparta show, I don't know if this happened at the Dallas show, but they did a bunch of like random covers and like, they did like a Credence Clearwater song. Yeah. Fortunate son. Yeah. And, they did that in uh, they did that in Atlanta. I don't remember if they did that at Dallas or not, but they did just some random stuff. Yeah, and then um, American Badass goes on really long. I felt like it was very very long. Like he's repeating verses and, st- and like choruses over and over again. It's like six that- minutes later, and he's like American Badass again. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think I think what happened, and at least from the YouTube video I was watching, it felt like they didn't know how to end the song. <laughs> so they're totally. just like, let's just go back into it, and they just keep, they just keep keep going back again, and then uh, they bring out a little stool. He comes and sits, and they start into nothing else matters. Um. Sings okay, you know, not, I don't remember much about it uh, at this point because I'm starting to really look at my watch and it's like 10, 20 maybe at this point. Oh man. So you've got that kind of low hum anxiety about like mom's going to be out there. Yes. And this is of course 2000, which uh, hard to remember this a little bit, but yeah, no pagers, no cell phones, no, you just agreed to be at a place, a general vicinity. (laughs) General. So I think my mom might've had a cell phone, Okay, but I didn't know the number. Perfect. I didn't know her cell phone number. So it was like she could make calls, but I wasn't, there was no way I was going to be able She's to. She's out there trying to get through to somebody at Texas Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Is my son. <laughs> he's wearing there, denim shorts. And he's wearing a Metallica shirt. <laughs> he's wearing. <laughs> His name's Angelo. Can you just yeah. maybe get on the PA and see if he can yeah. come to the front yeah. office? Dude, that's. Well, funny. anyway, so nothing else matters happens. And, and I decide, you know what? I need to go. Like I, 
I, I can't stay. I don't know how much longer they're going to play. This is just okay. I'm not too interested in all of this. So I start to make my way out. And I'm like, I'll listen as I leave. Yeah. Uh, at the end of nothing else matters and then they bust into fuel and i'm just like looking behind i'm like oh god i want to i want to stay but i really need to go and i don't know what's going to happen how long how much longer are they going to play so that's when i left yeah so i walk out during fuel while jason is singing and all this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. and as i'm leaving texas state as i'm leaving the stadium i hear them kind of i don't i don't i wasn't sure if i I could kind of hear songs still going on, but they ended with turn the page and enter Sandman. And that was it. So I didn't miss a ton. <sighs> you didn't miss much, uh, dude. Yeah. You didn't miss much. But, so I get out and I'm walking and it's, you know, people are starting to leave, but it's not, you know, it hasn't ended yet. So there's not a sea of people yet. And I'm walking out and I walk all the way to where I'm supposed to meet my mom. And there's a policeman out there and it's totally blocked off where I'm supposed to meet her. There's like flares and all this stuff and there's policemen directing traffic. And I sit there and I go, uh, uh Oh, where am I going to meet her? Because there's no way she could get to where we were supposed to meet. Wow. So I spend the next hour and a half walking around. Just looking for mom. Texas stadium. (laughs) The show's over. Everybody's crowding out. People are leaving. I'm just walking around. I don't know what I didn't know what I was going to do. I think in my mind I was like if I can I didn't have any money left. So I was like if I can ask somebody for a quarter <laughs> but I don't know my mom's cell phone I can, number. No, this was my plan. I, was, I said I'm going to call my dad at home who's probably asleep. Yeah. And I'm going to say, "Hey, I need you to call mom." Right. To t- tell her I'm going to be over here or, you know, whatever. But I, I was too scared to ask anybody for anything. Cause I'm like, I don't know any of these people. Like is somebody going to kill me. I have no idea. I'm starting to feel real scared. Yeah. I start like kind of like tearing up a little bit. I'm so scared. I've, I've been there. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I tell this story now. It's so funny. I think about it. It's, it's, it's hilarious now, but then I was I was thinking I'm never going to make it home. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go to the police station <laughs> and like, <laughs> she, like I'm going to have to flag a cop down and he's going to have to take me to the police station and somehow they're going to get a hold of my parents and I'm going to be in so much trouble. Number yeah. one, they're gonna be so mad because yeah, yeah. so it's like midnight it's past midnight. There's Ooh. hardly anybody in the stadium anymore. Parking lots empty, right? There's a few people hanging around drinking and smoking and all this stuff. And I'm just kind of wandering. And then I look out and I see my mom's car just driving like in the parking lot, kind of driving slow. And I'm like, like yeah, running, yeah. you know, screaming. And and she's crying because she's like, I was never going to find you. And I'm crying. I was like, we didn't fight, you know, and we're hugging at each other yeah. and, and making in the car. And we drive to Houston that night. Wow. Get home like at 5 a.m. Wow. And uh, that was the end of that story. <sighs> I bet when you saw your mom's and I, and just think about it as a parent now too. Like think about when she finally sees you, she just sees the light hit those denim shorts at the right angle. <laughs> and cause man, I would be, if I couldn't find Nova at a big concert for 90 minutes, I would be, I would be having a heart attack, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great was, like two thousand story. It was so funny, man. And you know, I tell people, I was like, "Yeah, I cried at a Metallica concert, <laughs> but it wasn't for the band because <laughs> I couldn't find my mom in the parking lot. Couldn't find my mommy. I couldn't find my mommy." <laughs> um, 
16 year old angelo i can tell that story now you better believe i didn't say a thing about that to anybody oh, no 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 you know your buddies yeah, like, how was the show yeah, exactly oh man it was so awesome you know i saw boobs for the first time what'd you do afterwards <laughs> like, well afterwards my mom picked me up and we drove home that's what happened afterwards yeah drove home exactly. with my mom yeah. no big deal dude yeah. that is an amazing so, story well you didn't miss in much by the second what's funny is you tried to get out early to avoid those problems you know, yes. you missed the last yeah. two songs. I know. I, I could have stayed. That was, yeah, that was one of the things. I was like, oh, man, I could have stayed. But uh, anyway, yeah, so that was Summer Sanitarium. I wouldn't see them again. I've only seen them three times. So I wouldn't see them again until two, until Death Magnetic okay. or uh, at Toyota Center in Houston. And they did come through Houston. They came through Houston a couple times, I think, again. Summer Sanitarium again. They came through Houston. Yeah. And then uh, for the St. Anger tour, they came through Houston. But I was in college, and I couldn't scrounge up cash for that. And you know, I was kind of off the ride a little bit for uh, through through college because that's when I was getting into Dave Matthews, John Mayer. Like that's whenever all of that started ramping up. Right. And St. Anger happened. Some kind of monster happened, and I was still in. But it was just like, okay, well, not not a lot's going on, so. And I was just being exposed to other stuff, right? By other friends and new people and growing up and all that. But yeah, I, I would see them at Toyota Center and then I saw them again this last, uh, the uh, Worldwide Tour. Which one, stadium so, or an arena? Stadium. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. First Metallica experience, unique, memorable. And I, I share it with you, not the crying about mom stuff, although I've definitely... I, I'll tell you when I did do that was in Oasis concert in Atlanta because no one ever came to Birmingham and uh, we were just a couple of scared little 16, 17-year-olds getting on the fucking MARTA in Atlanta, which is their like their train <laughs> yeah. system, Yeah, which yeah, you may as well it. you may as well just be getting like in a haunted house when you get on a train <laughs> on the MARTA. And I remember we were like alone, <laughs> our parents weren't with us and like we missed a stop and I remember like not knowing what do you do when you miss a stop? Like, how do you get home? And we were our parent, someone was waiting for us like at a stop, a Marta stop. And some guy was on the train acting like a lunatic. And I remember getting a little teary eyed, like, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. You know, yeah. that's what happens. You got to feel those feelings when you're a kid. Um, but yeah. so we shared the same kind of shitty first Metallica show. I wouldn't see them again until, until 2017. So well, you went to the makeup show though, right? I went to the that's right. I went to the makeup show, which yeah. was quite good. We were somehow yeah. able to get back to Atlanta. I guess because it wasn't as far as Dallas, it was two and a half hours from Birmingham, so we could kind of figure that out. But it's funny how sort of formidable some of those early concert experiences can be. No, I know you carry that with you, you know. Yeah, especially yep. in parent, mean, into parenthood for sure. I'm so glad that I went. I mean, yeah, still to be there to at a unique show and. For me to see Jason, like that's huge. I mean, yeah. in my mind, like to see him shine the way he did and really take up the mantle and just say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna try and make this at least somewhat enjoyable for those people who are here," because I'm sure they probably knew that there were some people that would not be able to make the makeup show, right? Like, there's gonna be a handful yeah. that can't go, and to see Jason for the very first time, and then you know, obviously, I wouldn't see him again perform with the band. But um, it was memorable. I loved it. I, I love looking back at it and thinking about it because it is just such a such an interesting story. Like, there's a lot of parts about this story that are just super funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. You know, and uh, um, 
yeah so it was great well thanks for taking the time i appreciate you i've known you for yeah. years now and uh, you're always super helpful on the podcast you always facilitate our zoom hangs and uh happy to happy to always yeah. with a great attitude and uh, i always appreciate your perspective and your vibe about stuff i appreciate that you're a family man and that uh and i appreciate that we're kind of the same age we have a lot of the same sensibilities and you and i kind of share this cassette obsession as well oh, so yeah. um yep I appreciate you, dude. Thank you for taking the time and telling us your story. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, everyone. This is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slain castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show the chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios.